Welcome to episode 99 of the Gluttons for Punishment podcast, or GFP, a Toronto Maple Leafs and NHL podcast hosted by Michael Lepore and Anthony Bruno. Thank you so much for listening and watching us on YouTube as well. As of Monday, April 3rd, 2023, the Toronto Maple Leafs are still in second place in the Atlantic Division. Nothing changes. It's been the same old story. The Boston Bruins running away with the division. They've clinched. They might have the best team in the history of the (laughs) NHL when it comes to the regular season. The Leafs are just fighting Tampa at this point for home ice advantage in the first round of the playoffs. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into the week that was for the Leafs going 1-1-1 since our last podcast. And then we are going to talk about the playoffs. Which team has more pressure heading into the playoffs? The Leafs or the Oilers? Oh, I promise you want to stay tuned for that conversation. But before we get into all that, it is time to officially welcome in my partner in crime, Mr. Michael Lepore. How you doing, man? Anthony Bruno, happy to be here. It's an absolutely brutal day here in Ottawa, Ontario. We got rain, we got snow. Last time I checked, uh, it was the start of April. Uh, apparently not in uh, your nation's capital. Anthony Bruno, it is episode 99, 99 of the Gluttons for Punishment podcast. Shout out goes to someone who is part of a very common trivia question. Who is the only player in National Hockey League history to wear the number 99, except for Wayne Gretzky? The answer is Toronto Maple Leaf alum, Wilf Paymont who played three years with the Toronto Maple Leafs and in 1981 had a 40-goal, 97-point year for the Buds. Some unknown stats about Will Paymont. I had no idea. Yeah. I thought he was a plug. I had no idea. I just thought he was a plug. And then I look, I'm like, oh, 40 goals. I mean, guys, like 40 goals was more common back then, but still. Anyways, there was someone who wore 99 for the Leafs, and uh, we almost had a second one. Um in uh, 1996 when uh, a contract was apparently made uh, for Wayne Gretzky, but the teachers union, you know, they just thought, you know, why would we want the greatest hockey player of all time wearing a blue Jersey? That wouldn't make sense at all. Right. So go Leafs. I would have totally failed that trivia question. That's, that's incredible, man. All right. It is episode 99 of the GFP podcast, the Wayne Gretzky episode of the GFP podcast. Incredible that we've made it this far. And before we get into the hockey talk, Lapore, I'm throwing it right back to you because we have a very special announcement. We do have a very special announcement. The people who know me well and those who listen to this show know that I am a huge Wayne Gretzky fan. And I thought, you know what? I went to Bruno and I was like, let's do something special for episode 99. So we're going to do something a little crazy today on the Gluttons for Punishment podcast. Those uh, listening, you can see it on YouTube. I am holding up from Frameworth a mystery box, a Jersey mystery box. Frameworth does these every once in a while. You pay a pretty good price and you get an autographed jersey. The catch is you don't know which player you're going to get. So you might get Gretzky and you might get, I don't even throw out a random like weak player, right? But from the this set of mystery boxes, there were some good ones. Uh, there is a chance at a Crosby. There is a chance at McKinnon, Carey Price, Marner, Riley. So there are some good ones. You can get a good one. So this is what we're going to do. We are going to open this live on the pod. 
And again, we have no idea what's in this box. We are going to give it away. We are going to have a giveaway with this jersey. So, whew, I'm nervous, Bruno. You ready, Lapore? This I'm is anxious. big. I'm anxious to open this up. Okay. All right, everybody. Lapore is opening the mystery box from Frameworth. We have no idea whose jersey's in this box. It could be Nathan McKinnon or Sidney Crosby, or it could be Jack Campbell. Yeah. We have no actually, idea. Yeah, Campbell Maple Leafs was on the list. Rasmus Sandin Leafs was on the list. Max Domi Chicago was on the list. So, oh God, I hope fingers it's not something fingers terrible. Crossed everyone, I guess it's suspense, right? I open it slowly, but we're giving it away nonetheless. And here yeah, goes the poor. Yeah, so I don't know if I should be more upset if it's a crappy jersey or if I'm giving away an autographed Sidney Crosby jersey. I see red, Bruno. Red? Okay, see... that narrows it down a little bit. Okay, so what do we got? Maybe Canadians? Blackhawks, yeah. Red Wings. Yeah, Sens third or something. Sens. What is it? Oh my god. We are giving away a jersey autographed by Leafs killer, Josh Anderson. No way. From Framework. There it is. The Certificate of Authenticity. The autograph, Josh Anderson, autograph, Montreal Canadiens jersey, the leaf killer himself. We say often on this show that we're gluttons for punishment, and that's why the podcast has that name. And now we're giving away Montreal Canadiens jerseys. Is, is Framework just show. trolling us at this point? Really? Yeah, maybe. Of all yeah. players, Josh freaking like, Anderson, Josh who Anderson. just annihilates the Leafs in the playoffs and annihilates the Leafs every time they play. My absolutely, goodness. absolutely hilarious. Okay, so Canadians fans, I guess, or anyone else who would want their hands on this autographed Josh Anderson jersey, what you have to do, pay very close attention, like this video, subscribe to the channel, and because it's episode 99, in your comment, tell us, of all of Wayne Gretzky's records, which is the most difficult to break? Which is the one in our lifetime that you don't see anyone getting close to? And don't forget, tell us where you're from and the best way to reach you, whether it's social media or another means, and uh, we'll go from there. Incredible. I, I can't believe this. We are giving away a signed Josh Anderson Montreal Canadiens jersey. Josh freaking Anderson. Yeah. Unbelievable. We are being trolled. We're being trolled by Frameworth, <laughs> by someone. This is just insane. All right, yeah. but it's it's pretty amazing nonetheless. As Lapore said, if you want to get your hands on a signed Josh Anderson Montreal Canadiens jersey, you must like this video, subscribe to the channel, and then in the comment section down below, let us know of all of Wayne Gretzky's records, and he holds a lot in NHL history. Let us yeah. know which one is the most difficult to break, the one that in our lifetimes we probably won't see broken by anybody. And let us know why you think that record won't be broken. Give us a nice, a nice answer. And then tell us the best way to reach you on social media or any other means possible. And we're going to pick the best one. And we will be getting that Josh Anderson jersey into your hands very, very soon. Yeah, Exciting proud, stuff, Lepore. That was awesome. Proud moment, man. Pr proud moment. It is hilarious. We can all, again, like I always say about Leafs fans, if there's one thing people have to give credit for to Leafs fans is we can make fun of ourselves. And we're making fun of ourselves live on the Clones for Punishment podcast today. Awesome. I love it. All right.
let's let's get into the hockey talk now that that's gonna go down as as one of the better moments in the history of this show that that was awesome it's time for a quick break for a word about manscaped because manscaped is here with a deal you can't pass over this easter season they've got the tools to give you the beautifully decorated eggs of your dreams just because it's easter doesn't mean it's okay to hide those bad boys behind all that tall grass So make sure your downstairs lawn is mowed, fellas. Get yourself feeling as sweet as candy by going to manscaped.com and getting 20% off and free shipping using our exclusive promo code GFP20LAPOR. Manscaped does not miss with their amazing products. It never does, Anthony Bruno. As you mentioned, Easter is coming. It's a time for Easter bunnies and it's a time to eat cream eggs. So why not take care of your cream eggs with products from Manscaped? Head over to manscaped.com, throw some items in your cart, and don't you dare forget, use the promo code GFP20 for 20% off and free shipping. The way you're going to take care of those eggs is by using the Lawnmower 4.0. And all the The other great products they have, the Weed Whacker 2.0, the new Beard Hedger Pro Kit, the boxers, which I always rave about to my friends. I tell them, they're like the best boxers I've ever worn in my life. But just please go to the website. You won't be disappointed. Manscaped.com and get 20% off and free shipping using the promo code GFP20. That's 20% off and free shipping using our exclusive promo code GFP20 at manscaped.com. As I mentioned off the top, since our last podcast, the Leafs are one, one, and one. Mm-hmm. All right. Nothing spectacular. They're kind of just plodding along here. We already know they're facing Tampa in the first round of the playoffs. This has been decided since November. The only thing that still needs to be decided at this point is that who's going to have home ice? Will it be Tampa or will it be Toronto? But over those last three games, the Leafs lost in overtime to the Florida Panthers where they blew the game in the final minute and the Panthers yep. won in overtime. They bounced back with a 3-0 win over the Senators in Ottawa and then lost 5-2 to the Red Wings on Sunday night. But Mitch Marner was resting, Jake McCabe was resting, and Mark Giordano was also resting. The Leafs heavily outshot Detroit. But again, it's like, who cares at this point? Just get yeah. us to the Stanley Cup playoffs. But Lepore, before we get into some playoff talk, just kind of your general thoughts on what we've seen from the Leafs over these last three games or anything else that you want to get off your chest. Yeah, so as far as how the Leafs have played and how these games have gone, if you break down each individual game going back to uh, when we got killed by the Islanders, the Leafs have played pretty friggin' well, man. They are outchancing their opponents, outshooting their opponents. I'm pretty sure they've heavily outshot all their opponents in every game except for the one against Ottawa the other night. So they've looked good. Um... The record doesn't show it. They haven't been that great in terms of their wins and losses, but I think we can feel pretty good that at least we know that at this point they're playing well and they're getting ready for the hockey that actually does matter in a couple weeks. Going specific, um, well, both games were kind of hilarious, right? How both uh, Florida Panther and and, uh, who they played last night again? They played Detroit, Detroit. <laughs> and, and Detroit goalie stood on their absolute heads versus the buds. So very, uh, very typical. Um, one thing I will say, touching on last night's game. Okay. I thought everything about last night's game showed what is wrong with the National Hockey League. Okay. 
And here we go. Oh, fuck, Bruno. This is one of those moments I, I, I've always said with certain topics. I'd love to talk to the boardroom. I'd love to sit in front of the boardroom, ask them this question and see what the answer is or what the response is or the explanation. So last night you had the Toronto Maple Leafs, the team that is the absolute cash cow of the National Hockey League playing an original six opponent at home and Everyone listening knows how expensive Leafs tickets are. If you want to go see a game live in Toronto, it's crazy. I'm pretty sure high is, it's either us or the Rangers who are the most expensive in the league. And the game, for the most part, was meaningless. Absolutely meaningless to the point that the Leafs healthy scratched three players that otherwise would be in the lineup. And this is not a situation where there's two games to go or one game to go. As of yesterday, there's what eight games to go. Well, we've Crazy. Had six games left. So they had seven games left heading into last night's game against the Red Wings. Yeah. And people can say, like, oh, you know, they're still going for home ice, and they are. But the fact of the matter is, this happened. So who does this benefit? And I've been complaining about this playoff format forever, ever since they uh, initiated it. And the immediate response you always get from people is they think you're upset at it because of the opponent you're getting. Like, oh, they'd be getting so-and-so anyway. No, that's not the point. Someone brought up, uh, uh, pulled out the calendar. I think it was no team in the division has been within five points of either Tampa or Toronto since December. We've known like the entire season that they were going to play each other. And here we are with games left and you have a team resting players. So you had people last night who maybe they take their kid to one game a year and they, they fork out the cash for that one game or they get tickets from their boss or so-and-so who has season tickets, who knows? Maybe it was someone's first leaf game last night. They're going to see an original six opponent and Mitch Marner's not playing. That's an absolute joke. And people can throw shade at the Leafs for that saying, you know, your customers deserve more, but the Leafs don't make the rules. If it's beneficial for the team long-term, they're going to do it. And I wouldn't blame any team for doing it. It's just, if the league needed something to see, to slap them in the face and tell them that this format is wrong, it was last night. Because who, who does that benefit? No one. Absolutely no one. No, it's it's pathetic. I, I couldn't agree more. Heading into last night's game against the Red Wings, the Leafs had seven games to go. And the Leafs didn't give a shit about this game. The fans didn't care about this game. It's it's just not right. And saying all that, you could look at the Western Conference and say, well, the opposite is happening. The Central Division is still up for grabs. The Pacific Division is still up for grabs. The Wild Card is still up for grabs. The Eastern Conference Wild Card race is, is tight as well. But for the most part, the Eastern Conference has decided and you just can't have this happening. I don't care if it's one division or it's only happening in two divisions. You shouldn't have this happening, period, Lapore, where mm. literally for three or four months, two teams know that they are going to be playing each other in the first round. Yeah. It's it's just, it's it does not sit well with me. It doesn't sit well with you. It doesn't sit well with a lot of hockey fans. And again, it's not complaining about, well, the Leafs got to play Tampa again in the first round. Sure, that's a that's a little bit of a factor. People are pissed off about that as well because that's also kind of stupid that the Leafs have to play a team that's been to three straight Stanley Cup finals in the first round. Now, Tampa, as it stands, 
they sit 12th in the NHL in terms of points percentage. They're not having this great season by any means, but it's about knowing who your opponent's going to be for months. Nothing changing in the standings. There's no jockeying for position. It's just the same thing for three to four months. And it's funny because everyone talks about how the regular season doesn't matter for the Leafs. We all know they're great in the regular season, right? Every year, 100-plus points. Matthews and Marner have great seasons. Everyone's like, it doesn't matter. All that matters is the playoffs. Well, I mean, this this is just making things even worse at this point. Yeah, fair You're already enough, saying fair. that the regular season doesn't matter for the Leafs. Now it doesn't even matter that much more because they know they're playing Tampa. So it's yeah. like, what are we even judging at this point? Yeah. Right? Totally. People bash on Leaf fans. Oh, you guys are overanalyzing the team during the regular season. None of this matters. Well, of course none of it matters if you know that you're playing Tampa since the end of November, early December. It's just, it's awful, Lepore, and the NHL, I think, needs to address this. The sad thing is Gary Bettman thinks that this is phenomenal for hockey, yeah. and they're not going to address Apparently. anything. Yeah. What, something I even thought of, like, watching this game was, as I said, the Leafs have been playing really well, but they haven't necessarily been rewarded for it and putting up wins. Can you imagine the Leafs had another six or eight points? So we it wouldn't even be a matter of battling home ice. It would just be, we know who's going to play and we know who's going to get home ice. It's terrible. It's terrible. And you mentioned like the matchup thing. I think as of yesterday, if we had the one versus eight format, the Leafs would be playing the Rangers. So, I mean, the Rangers could be a harder opponent than Tampa, but again, that's not the point, but it'd be exciting during this last stretch of, oh my God, who are we going to play? Who are other teams going to play? What is our bracket look like it, it it'd be amazing i remember again like i sound like an old person remember back in the day you'd be watching the last night of the regular season and when the games are done it was like who's playing each other because like, it came down to yeah, that it was like, what's the playoff bracket and you're thinking about like your hockey pool that you're gonna amazing. join and now which players are you gonna pick there were so many implications and it all came down to the final couple games of the regular season yeah i guess and again what hurt I mentioned how no team has been within five points of either team since December, but what also hurt the situation is Boston just kicking the shit out of everyone all year and even being way ahead of the Leafs this whole time. So just a bad situation. And sometimes bad things have to happen for people to really look in the mirror and acknowledge they've made a mistake. And that goes only for hockey. It goes for life and everywhere else. So hopefully, hopefully someone's bringing this up in the boardroom at the National Hockey League in New York to get this fixed because it's about the fans, it's about the customers, and it sucks straight up. Who likes this format? Who who argues for this format? Comment down below. Somebody comment down below and tell me the benefit of this format. Please, I beg you, because I'd love to hear something. Sidney Crosby has come out, the face of hockey. And I get it. You could say Connor McDavid's the best player in the world. I think McDavid's the best player in the world. But Sidney Crosby is still the face of this league. He has come out and said that this playoff format sucks. Yeah, he Crosby's didn't say sucks exactly. I mean, he you know he said it in a nicer way. But he doesn't like the playoff format. If Sidney Crosby is coming out and saying that, I think it's time to look in the mirror and maybe make some changes. Yeah brutal man they have to they have to all right Lapore. so speaking about the playoffs and the matchup against the tampa bay lightning what are your thoughts right now because ever since we kind of bashed <laughs> the lightning and said they're having their worst season 
of this whole dynasty era. And I know the dynasty kind of goes back to that first run to the cup final that, that came a few years before this run to to three straight Stanley cup finals. But over the last four years, I think it's still safe to say this is the worst Tampa Bay lightning team of the last four years. But Mm. anyway, since we said that the lightning have gone three and oh, and outscored their opponents 14 to one, you can't make this up. So at this point, the Leafs have a four-point lead on Tampa with one game in hand, and there are six games left on Toronto's schedule. Is there any way that the Leafs blow this and don't secure home ice in the first round of the playoffs? As you're saying that, Bruno, I would have liked uh, that extra point from uh, the Florida game and two points last night against the Red Wings. So we really would be sitting pretty. Is there a chance? I mean, there's a chance they they blow this, and especially, as you mentioned, with Tampa being on a tear. I look at the schedule, and I see I see Columbus, a team that's trying to lose. And then we have Boston. I mean, I'd like to say Boston's a team that's just chilling, but apparently not. So who knows what happens in that one? And then we have Montreal on Saturday. So... I assumed that the scratching of players last night had to do with having Columbus and Montreal in the radar to say, hey, if, if we, we have those two games at hand, let's say we just dial in on those games versus the uh, Canadians and Jackets to get the four points. You're at a point now where Tampa is pretty well going to run the table. But at the same time, the Leafs can't relax in this situation because the last thing you want is that game against Tampa, your second last game of the season, to matter. Because even at that point, let's say you're three points ahead and you go into that game and you lose. Well, you're one point ahead. If Tampa's got, I don't know know the schedule, I assume they finish. uh, Is that Tampa's last game or maybe second last game? We have to look that up. But you don't want a situation where... I'm going to check your schedule right now. So Tampa's last game, Lepore, it's Leafs and then Detroit to end the season. Yeah, so perfect. So do you want us in a situation where, say, we're three points ahead of Tampa going into that game, they beat us, so now we're one point, and then we have to go into New York and they're playing Detroit? So we have all this pressure in the last game for home ice. So I'm not going to say they have to put their foot to the floor and go full throttle the rest of the way, but... It's not a complete chill zone either as far as how they have to approach these last few games, Bruno. I used to think that this didn't matter too much in terms of who got home ice. I said, we've seen the Leafs lose in the first round of the playoffs with home ice advantage, without home ice advantage, holding a 3-2 lead in the series, holding a 3-1 lead in the series. And to a certain extent, <laughs> it's I still think that it kind of doesn't matter. But the more that I look at some of the stats, it worries me a little bit because of this Lapore. The Leafs and Lightning have been so dominant at home this year. Mm. Outside of Boston, who has the best home record in the NHL by a significant margin, they are 31-4-3 at TD Garden. The Lightning have the second best home record in the league, and the Leafs have the third best home record in the league. Wow. So the Leafs and Lightning have been two of the top three teams on home ice this season. But when you look at the road... And I talked about this on a previous show. The Leafs right now have the 12th best road record in the NHL, which is fine. They're 2013 and four on the road. The Lapore, the Lightning stink on the road. They are under 500 on the road. Wow. They're 18, 19, and one. That's the 21st ranked road record in the NHL. 
So I, I think when you think about this and this season in a vacuum, this Lightning team is basically Jekyll and Hyde at home and then on the road. So if you can secure home ice advantage, considering how poor they have been on the road this season, you got to do it, man. So again, I, I thought that it it kind of didn't matter because we've seen the Leafs lose with every possible advantage, even when they've been at a disadvantage. But man, seeing this lightning road record this year, you got to take advantage and secure home ice. Yeah, 18, 19, and one. And then you really do break it down. I'd like to look up how many shootout and overtime wins they have in those 18 wins. Because if they have, say, four, as an example, well, then they're really 14, 19, and five at home. Yeah, right? so they have 13 regulation wins out of those 18. That's horrible then. So then they're 13, 19, and six at home. If you if you call shootout and overtime games ties. Yeah, they have two shootout wins. And then I guess, what would three that be? Three, three overtime, overtime wins. wins. That's a terrible record. Like, I'd like to see where they would stand if you did that to everyone, if you just called overtimes and shootouts a wash. That's brutal, man. Now, okay, I was motivated <laughs> for the Leafs to get uh, home ice advantage, Bruno. But after you spit out those numbers, I knew Tampa wasn't the greatest at home. I didn't know that was the case. So, okay, thanks for giving me the anxiety for the rest of the uh, the regular season, Bruno. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's something to think about. And then if you look at the Leafs' road record, of their 20 wins on the road, they have won 18 of those in regulation. Okay. So there you go. Yeah, so it's... uh. Yeah, I mean, if you didn't, if you weren't already scared, maybe this is going to scare you a little bit more because if the Leafs aren't able to hang on to home ice, it's going to take away a pretty big advantage, maybe a bigger advantage than it would be in past seasons because this Lightning team, like I said, think about everything they have accomplished over the last three-plus years, now this being the fourth year of this run, and they are under 500 on the road. There are 20 teams in the NHL this season with a better road record than the Tampa Bay Lightning. Like, think about that for a second. Yeah, and like I said... Jekyll and Hyde, man. Like I said, if you adjust the shootouts in overtimes, they're well below 500. Crazy, man. Crazy. Anyway, anything else you want to get off your chest about this Leafs versus Lightning matchup or even the Leafs goaltending? I mean, I think at this point... Oh, my God. It's pretty safe to say that... (laughs) It's it's Ilya Samsonov's net because Matt Murray is made of glass and he just suffered his third injury of the season against Detroit. And yeah, uh, yeah it might have to be Ilya Samsonov and Joseph Wall in the playoffs. You know what's so sad? When you said his third injury, the first thing that popped in my head was it's only been three. <laughs> That's what popped into my head. But actually, I stepped away from the TV for a second uh, when I was watching the game. And then I got the alert. Like Matt Murray's been injured, left the game. And I'm like, oh, Christ, here we go again, Murray, whatever. But then I saw it, and I'm like, yeah, he got taken out pretty bad. I mean, you can never blame a goalie for an injury, but that was like, okay. I mean, that's got nothing to do with being injury prone. His, his legs got taken out, and he fell backwards. I'll ask you this, Bruno. Should that have been a penalty? I think so, because even though so, it's too. accidental and Lucas Raymond you know, lost control, slid into Murray, Murray didn't see him. That's still a penalty, man. Fucking right, man. It's like with, with a high stick. If you high stick someone in the mouth, it could be an accident. I mean, it's still a penalty. It's as yeah. simple as that. Yeah. The example I gave is, well, what if he was skating by and his stick caught his blade and he tripped Murray with, well, then they'd call it tripping, right? So what's the difference? Brutal, man. But NHL roughing, whatever. <laughs> I'll just I'll just leave it at that. 
and uh bunting speaking of uh speaking of uh, nhl roughing we're just at complete total joke territory now with what happened last night with this guy i don't know if i should be annoyed with bunts i don't know if i should feel sympathetic for him but the leafs have to figure this out and i'm sure you saw keith's comments saying kyle's gonna have to talk to the league i think he's gonna get first things first i think keith's gonna get fined for that it's possible. I mean, we've already seen Keith get fined. Have it, hasn't he been fined already one time this season? Yeah, I think he, he did get fined. It's it's possible. I'd have to look at the rules and see what coaches are allowed and not allowed right. to say during their press conferences, but it's possible. And it's honestly, it's pathetic at this point. Last year, Michael Bunting was right at the top of the league in terms of penalties drawn. And now this year, it just seems like all the refs are out to get him and sure say... You know, you guys are Leafs homers and like Michael Bunting's a, a, a crybaby and blah, blah, blah. But it's it's getting ridiculous at this point. Like yesterday, he was literally cross-checked in the back and they called him for a dive. Like, are we yeah. are we being serious now? And then the 10-minute misconduct when he was brushing, I, for, I don't even know whose stick it was, but he had a, a Red Wings player stick on the ice kind of in between his skates and he kept skating backwards at the stick was moving with him and sure maybe he was being a little bit of a of a little shit in that situation but really to get a 10 minute misconduct for that it's outrageous man and you know even looking at the amount of penalty or power play opportunities the Leafs have had this year compared to the rest of the league it's just it's becoming a joke honestly yeah you see uh it was pretty uh pretty wild on social media the reaction to this see Friedman's comments after the game about I the did. whole bunting situation, how the refs are trying to bait bunts. That's like, I don't know if maybe he didn't mean to say that it was inside information he had, but to say that referees are trying to bait a player there, there's discussions going on about those comments right now in the NHL, <laughs> because that, that ain't cool, man. Like we're, let's not lie to ourselves. These referees uh, manage games. And I will say it, certain games have an agenda. You can clearly see that, you know, this team got screwed last game. So you can see they're getting every call tonight or not getting calls, vice versa. But for someone who's respected as much as Elliot Friedman to say that he has inside information that refs are trying to bait a player into penalties, we're going straight crazy. And it's a collusion, like whatever you want to call it and call us boohoo Leafs fans. But he said it. So... A lot of talks going on today, I'm sure, at Sportsnet and at the NHL about those comments. If it was just a slip of the tongue, maybe maybe we'll give Friedman a little credit. Or if it is, in fact, the truth. And, yeah, so I'd like to see if there's any type of follow-up to it, both from Sportsnet or the NHL, to be honest. That was a bombshell from Elliot Friedman. I mean, when he's saying things like that, as you said, Lepore, mm. a guy who's that well-respected around hockey – and in hockey media, for him to come out and say that, that refs are trying to bait Michael Bunting, it's crazy, man. Yeah, I think we're going to see maybe some follow-up comments. I don't know if the NHL is actually going to, you know, respond to that or anything, but, you know... What's the point? Maybe the Leafs are going to be asked about this. Next morning mm -hmm. skate? I mean, it's a, it's a pretty serious accusation. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's wild. Again, it's gone to the point now with Michael Bunting where it's like the cat's out of the bag... The league knows that he's a pest, that he's good at drawing penalties. And now it's just swinging too far in the opposite direction where no matter what this guy does, he's getting a penalty for it. 
and his reputation is it's become, you know, we all know that, that he's, he likes to get in your face. He's difficult to play against, but now it's, it's hurting him. Last year was helping him and now it's completely swung in the other direction where it's been a negative for this Leafs team and heading into the playoffs against a lightning team. That's good on the power play. And we saw mm-hmm. what happened last year against Tampa, where they were essentially gifted a five on three against the Leafs in game six to get back into this series. I mean, God forbid that happens again, but you could already see these things coming in the playoffs. The Lightning, three cup finals in a row, so well-respected, getting the benefit of the doubt with the whistle, getting an extra power play here or there. Lepore, I can already see this shit coming a mile away. Yeah. Yeah, I am. I don't know. And I don't know, man. If you're a referee, it's about balls, too, going into that playoff series because... Let's say you're not calling something on bunting or you are calling something on in that shouldn't have been called. There's a big microscope on you, man, in that series. So that, that I, that's a good point. Maybe, maybe that calms me down a little bit, especially because I'll say it. It's the Leafs. It's the league's cash cow. Everyone's watching. You don't want to be that referee who makes that decision in that moment that could cause some controversy because this is a story, right? So if they feed that narrative in the playoffs, that ain't cool. That's a good point. I, I think at the end of the day, all these playoff games are going to get managed. If the Leafs get a couple of power plays to start off game one, you can bet a million dollars that the Lightning are going to get the next power yeah. play. Yeah, That's just right. how it works. But yeah, I think if if it's going to be more under a microscope now because of the whole bunting situation, that could deter the refs from getting more involved or getting, you know, trying not to determine the outcome of the game. I don't want to say these refs are colluding and there's some other crazy stuff going on, but maybe they, you know, they kind of ease off a little bit and let the players take care of it themselves. Oh, maybe, you know, weird, eh? Weird if they would actually let the players, you know, be the stars of the show as opposed to themselves. Now, Lepore, we all pay uh, $250 a ticket to watch, uh, to watch these referees get on the microphone and make those calls, man. That's why I pay money to go watch the Leafs. I yeah. want to see these ref make make calls. That's hundred percent. Uh, I want to see five. I want to see five on fours. Right? Like, give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's let's move on to our next topic here. Mm-hmm. I tease this at the top of the show. The Leafs and Oilers, man, they're both under a ton of pressure heading into the playoffs. But who's under more pressure? Oh. Because I think if you make a power rankings and you rank (laughs) the teams in the NHL, all the 16 playoff teams, which teams have the most pressure on them, you could make a really strong argument that the Leafs and Oilers are one and two. And maybe it's the Oilers at one and the Leafs at two, but I'm having a hard time thinking about another team. And maybe you throw the Boston Bruins in that mix because of the President's Trophy. But then again, you can look at the whole President's Trophy curse and maybe people are going into the playoffs thinking, well, it's the curse. No one expects Boston to win anyway. Yeah, and plus they already have a Stanley Cup back in 2011. I know it's, you know, now it's been over a decade since they've won. So there's pressure on Boston as well. But man, the Leafs and Oilers are one too in my mind, Laporte. Who do you think has more pressure on them as a team, as an organization, as a fan base, whatever mm. it is? Which team has more pressure? Make me go first on this one. This is a good one. This is a good one. Um, as far as Boston goes, I'll touch on that quickly. I think they got a lot of pressure on them because it's not even about winning a president's trophy. They could lose in the final. I'm not gonna say that's a disaster, but 
that's a disappointment after having one of one of, if not the greatest regular seasons in the history of the league. So the Bru- the Bruins have some weight on their back for sure. But as far as the Leafs and the Oilers go, I may surprise people with this, with my answer, but I think actually the Oilers have more pressure than the Leafs. And this is how I see it. The narrative with the Leafs is that they can't get out of the first round. You said already on the show, you know, our approach is the regular season doesn't matter. And all that matters is the playoffs because this team for the life of them has not been able to get out of the first round. So I just look at possible scenarios. Let's say the Leafs beat Tampa and then lose to Boston in a hard fought series. We'll be upset. We'll be disappointed. We'll be crying ourselves to sleep, but there still will be the positive of this team took out an opponent and it'd be a heck of an opponent in the Tampa Bay lightning. So it was a step. And also they lost a hard fought series to one of the best teams ever. Right. So there's, I'm not going to say we could be proud of them, but it wouldn't be complete devastation. As far as the Oilers go, I think of it the same way. If the Oilers go out, let's say in the second round, that's a hard disappointment. That's a straight up hard disappointment. And some people would say it's because they made the conference final um, last year. And that's part of it to me, but I I don't see stuff like that. I I don't, I never see it in the way of, oh, you have to go further than the year before. Otherwise you've gone backwards. No, it's not completely linear when the team. It's not as cut and dry as that. Yeah. It depends on who you play, your matchups, how the season's gone. Now I just look at who the Oilers would be set to play. So the, the Kings and Vegas, if the Oilers lose to Vegas, I'm not saying they should beat Vegas. I'm just saying it'll hurt more if they lose to Vegas compared to say how it'll hurt Toronto and Leafs fans compared to them losing to Boston. If Edmonton was playing, say, Colorado in the second round, and they, that's not a disappointment. I think the way it sets up for them and the way it sets up for the Leafs and maybe a little bit, t- a little uh, of it ties into the uh, accomplishments of the teams in the past. But I think it's the Oilers, man. And I'll even throw in the Dreisaitl McDavid factor. And people could point to Matthews and Marner and whether or not they're going to resign. But the clock is on the Oilers as well. Like everyone talks about the Leafs and their contract situations every day because they want people to click and whatever. The Oilers, man, this team has one of the best players ever. Ever. And another guy who would be on everyone's list what what's the worst like top five in the league like you'd be pushing it you'd be he's pushing a future it hall of famer They're yeah you'd be future pu- hall of famers you'd be pushing it even there so i think it's on the oilers man and i mean if you're an oilers fan i hope you're embracing that and you're saying fuck it let's go yeah we gotta win because nothing actually i'll say it nothing pisses me off more than when fans go easy on their team like, oh, you know, yeah, no, you've Connor McDavid. You got to win. You got the best player. You got to win. I feel that way about the Leafs. We have a guy who's got uh, back-to-back Maurice Rocker Richard trophies, another guy who was a first-team first team all-star uh, back-to-back, and another guy who was like the biggest free agent signing in the history of the league. No, we got to win the whole thing. There's pressure here. I'm not going to be, oh, bravo, boys. Like, like I said, if we lose to Boston, I'll still be crying myself to sleep in disappointment. So to me, it's the Oilers, Bruno. Who do you got? I do see where you're coming from. And like I said, I think the Oilers have a lot of pressure on them, mostly because they have the best player on the planet and another top five player on the planet. And it would be so disappointing. And this is why I'm so hard on the Oilers. 
Oilers fans come at me all the time because they're like, why are you so hard on our team? You hate all of our players. I don't hate any of your players. I don't, I'm, I'm, well. I, I think your organization is stupid or they have been stupid, honestly, for most of McDavid's career because they have not been able to properly build a team around him. They missed the playoffs three times in his career and it's almost been four times. I mean, there's been a couple close calls as well. So that's why I'm so hard on this organization. It's because you have the best player, maybe the, the greatest player we've ever seen. And now we're finally starting to see things come to fruition here. You know, mm-hmm. last year they got to the conference final. They got the doors blown off of them by Colorado in four games. And this year, the Oilers Lapore have actually been the best team in the NHL over the last 35 games. They have the Unreal. best record in hockey over the last 35 games. I will say their schedule has been kind of soft. They've beaten some good teams in between. Like they've beaten Boston. They've beaten the Leafs. They've beaten Vegas. There's a lot of soft matchups in there as well, but the numbers are the numbers. They have, they have the best record in the NHL going back to January 11th, a span of 35 games. So I think there's immense pressure on Edmonton to not only win a series, win a couple of series, get back to the conference final. Because can you imagine this team? Imagine they don't re-sign Dreisaitl and you have not won a championship with the best player on the planet. Is that might the go down as the greatest player we've ever seen? Is that the standard? To, to me, it's always make the final. If they lose in a Stanley Cup final, I'll say they lost in the Stanley Cup final. Like I don't think it's oh they blew it because they didn't win a championship. I just think when you're when you're talking about Connor McDavid, like a pantheon player, like one of maybe already arguably like we've been saying, maybe the greatest hockey player we've ever seen, just in terms of pure talent. If you're not able to win one Stanley Cup with him. That's going to be a, a, a massive disappointment. But saying all that, Lapore, <laughs> I view the Leafs in the same light. I don't think they have a Connor McDavid on their team, but holy shit. I mean, it's gone to the point now where it's like, you got to win this first round series. So I think there's more pressure on the Leafs heading into the playoffs because as we've been saying, it seems like nothing has mattered the entire regular season. You know, even with Austin Matthews, it just seems like he's been almost coasting through most of the season, managing his injuries. The Leafs are healthy, scratching guys now with six, seven games to go. They got to win this series against Tampa, man. Tampa, like I said, this is the worst lightning team we have seen over the last four years. They are under 500 on the road this year. They have been struggling since the All-Star break. If you can't beat this Tampa team now, Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Nylander, they're all healthy. Morgan Riley. Notice, Lepore, how people aren't chirping Morgan Riley over the last couple of weeks. People aren't aren't using him as a scapegoat. People aren't mad at him. Why? Because he's playing well. He's playing really well. Morgan Riley's rounding into form. Ilya Samsonov has looked good. you got to beat this Lightning team. If they don't get out of the first round, Lepore, that's why all the pressure's on this first round series. Whatever happens after that is gravy. And listen, I'll still be pissed off if they lose to Boston because I think the Leafs are capable of winning a cup. Honestly, mm. with the team they have in place, I think they are capable of beating any team in the league in a seven-game series. If they lose to Boston, you know, maybe we're able to sleep at night because Boston's having one of the greatest seasons of all time. They're an extremely deep team from top to bottom. They're a well-respected team. They got a lot of great veteran players. But man, oh man, the amount of pressure 
on this Leaf team to get through the first round is unlike any pressure that any team in the league is facing at this point, in my opinion. Okay. Follow-up question, Bruno. Both teams lose in the first round. Who's got it worse? Toronto or Edmonton? Who's a worse look? The Leafs. Even the Leafs. You think if Leafs, Edmonton loses to LA? It's Tampa? I think the, like, the Kings are having a great season. For sure. Edmonton's yeah. going to have their hands full. The Kings have beaten Edmonton two out of three times. And the only win that Edmonton has over the Kings, Stuart Skinner had to make 43 saves in a shutout. Okay. And now they have a massive game against the Kings coming up on Tuesday. That is going to be, honestly, maybe one of the games of the year, just in terms of the implications for the Pacific Division. That's a that's a huge deal. But man, yeah, I think it's the Leafs. Like, you think? Do you think there's more? Do you think it would be bigger disappointment if Edmonton loses to the Kings in the first round? Well, I'll put it this way: is it not so much the disappointment, but what would be more shocking? Because. I don't like the, to me. I don't know. Actually, now that I think about it, I'd like to see what the lines are going to be in that LA uh, Edmonton series because, like, we know what the Leafs one's going to be. Like, if they do have home ice, like, slight edge to the Leafs. I'm just trying to think what would be a bigger shock. I mean, no one would be shocked if Tampa beat Toronto, but then at the same time, I don't know, would people be shocked if LA beat Edmonton? Or is that like Canadian media? We pump the Oilers and don't give enough credit to the Kings. I, I don't think know. People I, would be. I think that the level of shock would almost come from the season that McDavid is having, and even yeah. Troy Settle for that matter. Like McDavid is going to become the first player since Lemieux to hit 150 points 27 mm-hmm. years ago. You know, the 60 plus goal season, Dry Settle, another 50 goal season. They just have more firepower than LA, and maybe it's a Canadian media thing as well. But there will be a certain level of shock after getting to the conference finals last year, considering how hot they've been the second half of the season, if they get clipped by the Kings, that is not going to sit well, man, with with Oilers fans and and Canadian hockey fans in general. Yeah, fuck. We talked about the stretch for the Leafs. Both teams, five games to go, one point separating them. That's awesome. That's cool. So, I don't know. Home ice will be big in that series. We talked about the Leafs and Lightning. The Oilers will want home ice. They will want home ice hard. And I guess, I mean, the Kings will too to be able to line match McDavid and Dreisaitl. So I'm looking forward to that series, man. I am. That might be, that might be the juiciest series for me in the first round. Those two teams. Yeah. I love that series. Like I, I am like, that's one of the series. And listen, you don't watch every game of every series unless you're just a crazy diehard hockey fan and you have nothing else to do and you don't have responsibilities and you're not an adult. Every single game of the Stanley cup playoffs. But I will make an effort to watch every game of that Edmonton LA series because, as you said, man, that is right near the top of my list just in terms of like intrigue. And I I just, I can't wait for that series, man. I think it's going to be fantastic. And who knows? Like, it actually might be the Oilers in Vegas in the first round because who knows who's going to win the Pacific Division at this point? The Oilers could still win the Pacific Division, then it's Vegas and LA in the first round. But yeah, Oilers, Kings, Oil, or even Oilers, Vegas would be pretty awesome. Yeah, ironic that we're talking about this on uh, episode 99, an Oilers versus Kings matchup. And to your point, Bruno, about like responsibilities. So what you're saying is now that I have a newborn baby 
I'm no longer permitted to watch every second of every series. I actually have to help my wife out once in a while. Is well, that what you're man, getting You at? have too many responsibilities. Your wife Did uh, my wife put you up to that comment? Or, <laughs> Maybe. I'm, I'm not yeah. telling you. I'll have to have a talk with her after. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. I mean, come on. I mean, unless you're like 15. Like when I was in high school, man, you know, I had nothing to do. Like I'm watching everything. Yeah. But are you kidding me? As a full grown adult, you have time to watch every single game of every single series in the first round. Am I crazy here? Yeah. Who has time for that? You know what's the ultimate hockey fan sign of old age? When you're watching the playoffs and you get to the point in your life, uh, especially in the late games where they're getting to overtime and you're like, fuck. Or the first overtime's coming to an end and you're just praying somebody score because if nobody scores then it's an intermission and then the next period and who knows how long it's going to be and you're fighting the sleep so that's a sign of old age when you can acknowledge that you're tired and you're going to bed you'll see the highlights in the morning yeah Lapore, i'm not gonna lie there's been times in the playoffs over the last couple of years where i'll sit through the first overtime of one of the games in the western conference and then i'm like all right it's gone to the point now it's like two in the morning i'm like i'm calling it a night here I, yeah. I I'll find out in the morning who scored the OT winner or I'll just yeah. like lie in my bed and maybe just check. I'll check the app. I'll check the score app or whatever to see who won. But it's like, I, I'm checking out at that point, honestly, wake up unless it's like, ga- unless it's game seven, then maybe well, I'm of course, let's not get crazy here. Clinching game. Yeah. And I'm probably just calling it a night. Yeah. We're not going crazy here. We're watching game seven still the end. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, I mean, maybe we have a little bit of time to discuss this. Maybe we'll make this real quick. Yeah. Flames or Jets? Who's getting that last wildcard spot in the Western Conference? Mm. We're going to piss some people off here, regardless of who we say. Flames. I'm saying you know flames. what? I, I want to say the Flames. Okay. I do because they have an easier schedule. And I'm just going to pull up their schedule again just to confirm this. <laughs> and now listen, they have a massive game against Winnipeg on Wednesday night in Winnipeg, but it's also on the second night of a back-to-back. They do have oh. an easier schedule though. They play Chicago, Vancouver, Nashville, San Jose, and Winnipeg. You know what, Lapore? I'm going to say the Jets get in. Mm. I want the Flames to get in. But they have to play the Jets on the second night of a back-to-back, which is tough. And the Jets obviously have a two-point lead on them right now. Man, I really want to say the Flames. Just be—I don't know. I don't know. I kind of—I'm—I'm I'm rooting harder for the Flames. They both have five games left, but that extra two-point cushion for the Jets, I think, will be enough. And I think they beat the Flames on home ice. So I'm going to say the Jets get in. And you mentioned the Flames have Vancouver. Vancouver's been one of the better teams in the NHL the last month, so that's not a pushover, right? Yeah, Vancouver low-key over the last 20 games has been like yeah. a top six to seven team in the league. Right. Yeah, I think I think at one point they had won like nine of 11 or eight of 10 or something, like eight, one and one in 10 in, over a 10-game stretch. Yeah, I believe now they are 10-4-1 over their last 15 games. There you go. That team's not a pushover. But no, yeah. I'll say, I'll say the, the Jets. Okay. So you you got the Flames and I got the Jets. There you go. I like it. I like it. All right, Lapore. Anything else you want to get off your chest before we wrap up this podcast? No, I just can't believe we pulled a, a Josh Anderson jersey to give away. Montreal Canadian. The guys, look at this. Who would think that one day I'd be holding up 
a red, blue, and white Montreal Canadiens jersey autographed by one of their players and be willing to give it away on our podcast, a Toronto Maple Leafs podcast. But like I said, Glenn's for punishment. It is hilarious. And bring on Canadians fans, man. Bring on Canadians fans. We love listeners of uh, who support other teams. It's awesome. That's what, that's what we're here for. Um, great products from Frameworth, man. Cool stuff. It, it's it's pretty it's pretty fun. And to me, I well, the first thing when I saw this idea of like the mystery box, that's an amazing gift to someone. Because again, like it's much cheaper than if you were to say buy a Josh Anderson jersey on their website. You don't know what you're gonna get, but it's fun. If someone who's like a, a hockey fan all around, they open it and like I said, maybe they get. A Sydney fucking Crosby Pittsburgh Penguins jersey or something, right? So looking forward to seeing the answers we get from people. And I'm looking forward to the interaction and the response we get from Canadians fans in the comments. I usually avoid the comments, but I'm looking forward to see what Canadians fans are going to write in the comments. Just taking shots at us. It'll be fun. Oh, I can't wait for the Habs fans to flood their way back into the comments because they were in all our comment sections when... The Habs beat the Leafs in the playoffs. And then even to start the next season, Habs fans were always giving it to us. But now Habs fans, I'm not going to lie, Lepore, they have been nowhere to be seen in the comments section of the GFP podcast because, you know, they're just playing out the string of the season. They're getting ready for the draft lottery. The rivalry between Toronto and Montreal hasn't been sparked. There's been no reason to have it reignited, but... Hopefully this reignites it because we are giving away that Josh Anderson jersey and I can't wait, man. That's yeah, it, it's awesome. I, I'm so happy we did that. Again, we had no idea what jersey we were going to open live on the air here. And uh, of course, it was Josh Anderson Leafs killer. Amazing. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure they'll jump back in the comments when uh, Montreal beats Toronto uh, next Saturday and removes uh, our home ice advantage from the Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. The Leafs are going to healthy scratch the core four and I don't know. I don't know why. Like the home ice is still going to be up for grabs, and they're going to mm. just scratch like Matthews and Marner, and the Habs are going to beat the Leafs like four two. Yeah, you know, you know, Montreal is going to look like uh, the Canadians of the seventies in that game, right? <laughs> yeah. just, it's like, is that it'll Kilo be their Fleur? Stanley Cup final yeah. to, end, to end the regular season. Yeah. Ugh. All right, that is going to do it for the Wayne Gretzky episode of the GFP yes. podcast, episode ninety nine. And I promise, if you thought episode 99 was good, you want to stay tuned for episode 100 because it is going to be fantastic. But once again, if you are a longtime listener of the show or this is your first time listening, give us a a good rating and review on either Apple or or Spotify, whatever um, you use to listen to your podcasts. Hopefully it's a five-star rating. That would be fantastic. And if you're watching us on YouTube, We would appreciate it so, so much if you smash the like button, subscribe to the channel, ring the notification bell so you know exactly when the GFP podcast is posting some new content. So for Michael Lepore, I'm Anthony Bruno. Go Leafs go. Please don't lose home ice advantage. And we will see you in the next one, episode 100. Thanks, everyone.